Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello, I'm Jerry Jacobs Jr., and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. <laughs> where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. The Save My Catholic Marriage Minute is for you. If your marriage has very little or no emotional closeness, your wife has asked for a divorce or separation, your wife has left the home or you are separated. Your wife is in the home, but you are in separate bedrooms. Your marriage is just plain boring or has no passion. You engage in the marital embrace less than weekly or severe less than once a month. You are divorced but didn't want it. In this 54th episode, I ask, what are the clues your wife wants to divorce? What are the clues your wife wants out? Plus, live calls answering your marriage questions. So get on that queue in that queue right now and call 313-723-4225. That's 313-RADICAL. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. So why don't you get in your queue so I can help you, even if you're a woman? <laughs> so, again, get in the queue and call 313-RADICAL for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, the quote of the day. The quote of the day, I love it so much because it gets us ready, gets us ready to get into the show. 
gets us thinking about God, the saints, the Blessed Mother, Saint Joseph, uh, all the all the 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 doctors and the, all the church and the faith. And so, because I want you to get the wisdom from them, you know, not just coming from me every every you know every day. So, quote of the day: "Quote, if sex does not mount to heaven, it descends into hell. There is not." There is no such thing as giving the body without giving the soul. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three, to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Okay, okay, so we're back. So first of all, we're going to talk about the Catholic Alpha Lenten 10-Day Challenge. Lent, uh, what is it, Ash Wednesday was just here Wednesday, so that kicks off Lent for all you uh, lovers of Christ, all you sufferers of Christ, and suffer as he did, so we're going to take that to the next level with the Catholic Alpha 10-Day Lent Challenge, and basically to keep it short, because I've covered that four other days this week, maybe really five other days this week, uh, plus the two days in my group, <laughs> plus in my in both groups uh, uh, with my guys, I covered it in both of that. So I've covered it extensively. I sent out emails and everything. But basically, the 10-day Lenten challenge is you and I are going to come and do this together, and we're going to suffer and sacrifice for Christ during Lent, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Look, here's the deal. I, I'm not trying to, I guess, I guess I am. I'm not really trying to judge what anybody else does, but I, I, I have to talk about commitment. The love of Christ is commitment. And as a man, suffering as Christ is being as Christ. That is the true love of Christ. Suffering as Christ is being as Christ. We have to learn what Christ was, what he did, and stop looking at Christ as this soft, weak, long-haired hippie that people portray him as. And that was not our Lord. Our Lord was a strong, masculine, authentic, true man, God and man. And he came and showed us on the cross what to do and how to do it. So this is why I'm asking you to please, to, to think about what I'm saying. You know, giving up chocolate for Lent is, okay, that's cool and everything. And, and it does benefit because it helps you focus on Christ's suffering a little. But why not take it to a deeper level? Why not do something for your wife for your children, for Christ, and unite your suffering and really take it to the next level and start and do a fast. You know, um, today this is the perfect time to do it. You know, we should all do extensive fast at least twice a year. Why? Because the fast that I'm asking you to do is we're going to do a master cleanse. So a master cleanse is where you fast and you offer that suffering up to Christ, but you all will. The other benefit is you cleanse your body of all its toxins that you've built up over the years. And believe it or not, it's there. Um, if you, if if you, uh, one of the ways that you know that toxins are heavily in your body is when you make love to your wife and you you're very sensitive. Like you feel you want to lose control really fast, like in less than two minutes or five or ten or fifteen minutes. That's one of the reasons you know. Another way that you know that you have a lot of toxins built up in your body is you have severe, uh, mediocre, or slight 
arthritis in your joints. And if you don't, if you get up in the morning or you walk down the stairs or you go open a door or you're, or you reading and, and you know, and, and you move all of a sudden and something hurts or your hands or thumbs that right there, man, that's, that's arthritis. So that means your, your, your body's inflamed. And so you have to get that out, man, because the disease will only get worse. And arthritis is just one of the beginning symptoms and premature, ejac severe premature ejaculation is one of the uh, one of the systems too. Now you can have premature ejaculation because of, of other things too, but that is one of the main things that lets you know that you have a lot of toxicity built up in your body. So what is toxicity? Uh, pre prescribed drugs that you take for other diseases, um, uh, diabetes, uh, cancer, um, arthritis, um, all these kind of things. And so when I fast, I want to. I, I love our Lord. I want to do it for Him and my wife. But also, I want to have other benefits. You know, it's always the thing, you know, you do multiple things at one time to get multiple benefits. Okay? So, that's the Catholic Alpha Link Challenge. I've talked enough about that this week. But if you want to know more about it, um, you can listen to the replays and stuff. Um, and um, you can go to YouTube or uh, listen to the replays because that's where most of the replays are right now. Um, and Or, I should say, not really right now, I would say Facebook. Facebook, Catholic Alpha Life Radical Facebook page is where all the replays of this week are there. The other replays on YouTube and my website, I have to put those up. Um, that'll probably be up. Uh, I'm trying to get those done about, about on Saturday. But if you want to listen to all the shows that have been up this week, just go to Facebook, Catholic Alpha Radical, um, and just put in Catholic Alpha Radical, you know, and it'll I'll pop my page will pop up, and they're all the all the all the shows of this week will be right there. That's the easiest way to, to look at the, uh, the the last shows. Okay, let's moving on. So let's do it, man. Let's do it. What do we got? What is what is what does Catholic Alpha Radical have in store for you today? <laughs> I tell you, it's a good one. It's a good one. But first of all, this is the last day. This is Friday of the first full five days, the first full week of me going live for five days, you know, uh, weekly. And um so I still want to go over my story a little bit so that people that do listen to the replay, because uh, right now that's where most of the traffic is going to come from right now to to you and I together build this audience to really help people. So I have to I want to be, you know, I want to say, you know, be very specific and direct in what I do. So the, the replays is where hundreds of people are going to listen. Uh, maybe even thousands. So it's it's best that I be real specific. And if you heard this already, then please be patient with me. But so the question is, you know, why am I so passionate and hyped up or what gives me the the the, you know, makes me think that the credibility that I can help you in your marriage and to help you, you know, get 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 going. Well, the well, first reason is I got a successful marriage. I love my wife. She loves me. We're very passionate about each other. Um, and I tell you what, earlier late last year, we were apart for 30 days. I forget how long it was. And we just both went crazy. Uh, she couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. We were both miserable, you know, and, and I, it was, that was a tough time. And I, I just, man, I never knew both of us talked about it and we just never knew it would be that bad. Um, and, but really that is a blessing. It's like we're connected mentally soul with our souls and our minds are connected. And when we were apart, you know, it was like something was missing. It wasn't like something was missing. Something was was missing. So me and my wife have a great marriage, and we try every day to 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 show that marriage to our children. 
so that they can build great marriages and their children can build great marriages and their children can build great marriages. And that's that's how you build your legacy as a man. Your marriage is so great that it spans throughout time. Okay, even after you're gone. Okay, so the second way that I have a little credibility is, you know, I was in one failed marriage and almost had another failed marriage. My first marriage, I was married at like 19 years old. And um, me and my wife were married for like 16 years. And um, it was it was great at first because, you know, at first everybody loves everybody. You know how marriages are. You know, you're court and it's all fresh. You're dating. You get married. You love each other. You can't do anything wrong. She can't do anything wrong. Nobody frustrates anybody. Or better yet, one of the things I teach is nobody frustrates anybody because we don't say the things that's on our mind. We don't criticize our, 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 our new wife. Or the lady we're dating, we don't criticize them at first. We don't blame them for nothing. We don't frustrate them. We listen to everything they say. We, matter of fact, we listen. We just don't listen. We listen actively, right? We listen actively to our, when we first meet them. We're dating them. We listen actively. You know, but when we get married, and we've been married for a year, six months, 10 years, 20, 30 years, we don't do the same stuff to our wife that we did before. We barely even listen to her. Or we do listen to her. Ah, oh, she ain't talking about nothing. I got I got other stuff I got I got to get this car fixed. <laughs> so, you know, so that is me and my wife, first wife. That's the way it was. You know, we loved each other very deeply at first, and we're in the Air Force together, um, and everything was good. I mean, we we had problems in the Air Force. Matter of fact, we had big problems. When we were in the Air Force. We we're stationed in Guam. Uh, uh, where is it? Guam, Nebraska, uh, where Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth. We we're stationed there together. So me and my first wife, we were we we traveled extensively. She saw a lot more than my current wife sees. <laughs> but you know, I made the big mistake when when the when Air Force was over and I was my enlistment was over after ten years. I made the mistake of the big huge mistake of moving to my hometown instead of moving back to New Mexico. Uh, on the Indian Reservation or near the Indian Reservation, my first wife was Acoma Indian, so she uh, her home was uh, Acoma City in uh, New Mexico, outside of Albuquerque. And so uh, I made the big mistake, man, of 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 moving my my bride and my family to my hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana. And that's a big mistake. Why was that a big mistake? That was a big mistake because, man, my family in Indianapolis, man, we're in a big city. And I know it's not an excuse, but, you know, we're in a big city and, you know, we're all we're not very well off, a well off family. And so everybody's always trying to do what? Make a living. And so when you're trying to make a living, you got to put food on the table. You know, time is limited. And my wife, she really didn't have to work. She worked kind of like part time or sometimes she worked, sometimes she didn't because I wanted her to be with the boys and stuff. And she wanted to be with the boys. So she kind of worked when she wanted to, you know, you know how women are, you know, <laughs> they just kind of do what they want. You don't complain about, you just let them do what they want. That way you keep peace in the house a little bit. But anyway, so we were cool and everything. I moved my wife back to Indianapolis. She said, baby, won't we move back to Indianapolis? Cause you know, this last 10 years, we always go to my house in New Mexico. Cause that's what we always did. When we would leave and visit, we would always visit her family. And so she felt a little guilty about that. And so me being stupid, not knowing, not really understanding what being a real man was about at that time, I said, okay, we can move back to Indianapolis. <laughs> that was a big mistake. 
that's when the problems really started. I was working, I had a new business. I was working eight, 10, 12 hours. I was working more, no, 12, 10, 12 hours a day, sometimes a little more. And she was at home and guess what? She was feeling neglected. I didn't know that. Kids, my kids were in school and stuff. And so she was by herself a lot. Nobody in my family, they really didn't talk and stuff. So my wife was kind of by herself. And you know how women are. They need validation. So she, my wife didn't really know anybody. And so when we were in the Air Force, it was me and her against the world, right? I didn't know anybody. She didn't know anybody. Everywhere we went, it was me and her. We we were like, you know, two peas in a pod. You couldn't separate us. Then the boys came along, but my two sons came along. And so we were we were good, you know. But once we got out of the Air Force, then we went to we we came to my home and then there you if you look at it, she didn't know anybody, but I did, you know. And so that kind of separated us. And she started feeling like I didn't care. Started feeling like I was being I was messed around with other women when I would work late at night. And it was just a whole messed up thing. So guess what? We both, you know, the marriage went down. And that's kind of what happened in my first marriage. My wife contracted leukemia when we were in divorce court. And she passed away before we could be divorced. And so technically, I, I wasn't divorced. My first marriage was uh, severed over death. And it was sad. It took a lot of time to get over that. And then in my second, I married my second beautiful wife, who has the most beautiful soul I've ever experienced in my life. And um, she, you know, I didn't do right by her either. I screwed up. You know, uh, we just had a lot of problems and stuff, and we I allowed a lot of things in our marriage that I shouldn't have. I wasn't in the faith, didn't even really know God at all. So guess what? When that happens, all the bad stuff that goes along with not under, not being with God and understanding him and trying to be close to him, all that stuff came. The financial, the repossessions, the evictions, the kids acting out, you know, all these things in our life were just chaotic and it was killing our marriage slowly. I had my wife as a trooper and she, my wife, if she's one of the women, if she's with you, she's with you. But even a woman like that has their limits. And so then uh, I went to Crisil with one of my friends and that changed my life as far as the Catholic faith. It changed it. I know a lot of people don't like Crisil. Um, as they say, it's happy. The Orthodox Catholics go, it's kind of happy, clappy. And just, but I'm telling you, if if they don't mess with Crisil, Crisil, everybody should go through it because God, when you're there, meets you where you are. That's the great thing about Christ. He meets you where you are. So that changed my life. That changed. Once I started getting to the faith, to the Catholic faith, and under and growing closer to God and trying to understand him and asking for all the knowledge he could give me, all of a sudden, my family started to change. My marriage started to change. I started to, my, I started to change. I started praying the rosary every single day. And, and I, and, you know, uh, and that, that was the main thing. I prayed the rosary every single day. Uh, I do it. I've been doing it for 10 years, 15. I can't remember now, 15 years, something like that. There's not a day go by that I don't pray the rosary. Why? Because I was told at the time in the Catholic faith, somebody told me that if you pray the rosary, your character will change. Your life will change. You will love Christ. You will understand the world and the universe and how it works. And I'm telling you, all of those promises have come true. All of them. I'm a different man now. I'm not the same man I was, and I don't really see it, but my friends, my family, they see it, so that's all that really counts, and God sees it. So that is my story. Um, the, so the, that, the number three reason that I have a little credibility is I've coached hundreds of men in their marriage every month, every year. I talk to a lot of them, and I help them, help them for free. If they want to go deeper, 
then we work together long term. But the main thing is I help them for free. That's when I say go to Catholic SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. You don't have there's no pressure. You go there, you watch the Great Marriage Masterclass, and then a button pops up to ask if you want to talk to me, um, if you want more extensive help. That you, you know, because and I'm gonna tell you, don't go there, you know, go there. But know that when I say do you want extra help, more help, that means after you watch the marriage masterclass or before you can do it too, is if you have more than one problem in your marriage, you need you need professional help to get out of it. Because here's what happens. You coaching. Because what happens is most dudes can handle one or two problems. But when it starts to be three, five, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, you got things coming from your job, things coming from your marriage, from your kids, from your wife. From God, all these things are coming around and hit you from all directions, man. You can't get out of that yourself. You can't. You've allowed you've 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 allowed things to get out of control. And when you when you got three or more problems in your marriage and in your life, and 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 you have to understand how to prioritize things to get things to going back the way they do it. The main priority has to be God in your marriage. But most guys don't even know how to do that one. And most nobody that I know knows how to do it, how to get that right. And so that's why when you talk to me, I start leading you through things very slowly. And if you want to work together long term, then we can. If you don't, that's fine, too. But I would suggest that you listen to what I'm saying. And if you decide that you the things that I say, if you find that those things are lacking in your life and in your marriage, then you 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 need to try to, you know, get some kind of help, whether it's with me or not. OK, so now let's get on with today's content. So the Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, as you guys know, they've been here. I have been going over the question, what are the clues that my wife wants a divorce? And when I say my wife, I do mean my wife, your wife, your father's wife, your friend's wife. <laughs> if you're a Protestant, your preacher's wife, <laughs> you know. It, this, these clues pertain to everybody's wife. The reason why is I'm telling you your future. If you look and analyze the things I say and these clues, you will see it clearly on the wall that your wife is unhappy um, and she's doing things and giving you clues that maybe you need to start getting yourself together as a husband and a man. OK, so as always, here we go. What are the behaviors of a troubled wife? What are the behaviors of a troubled wife? Um, let me see. So the behaviors of a troubled moreover, what are the clues your wife displays when she is unhappy, considering, or planning to leave your marriage? A more important question has to be why? Do you know why your wife wants to leave your marriage? Do you even care? Because you're too busy. You know, those of you listening who think your wife will never leave you are in a dream world. And if right now the answer to the question of are you and your wife as emotionally close as you could be is no or I'm not sure, you have entered the wife's exit strategy zone where your wife is considering or has considered what to do about the lack of emotional connection in your marriage. Please understand emotional closeness means everything for your wife. And when that's gone. She starts to want to be gone. And again, gentlemen, I'm going to say this again. Your wife is a year to two years ahead of you. You have no idea what she's planning because most of you, most men, I'd say 99% of the men in the world don't talk to their wife about anything that means anything. And so she just keeps it to herself. So she's making plans and a year or two out. And by the time you figure out that she's leaving or wants to leave or wants a divorce, she tells you, then you know, and you're so far behind the eight ball, you're playing catch up. And that's when I usually get the men. 
That's when I usually get the dudes. They come to me and me and Jesus Christ to have us uh, to have us create a miracle. To I've let this go for so long. Now I want Jerry and Jesus to give up to, to create a miracle to get me out of it. Um, we can do it, but it's a lot easier if you try not let it go that far. Um, and so that's why I do this show. Okay, next. Why? Because for her, this is the most important thing, emotional closeness, even above God, the children, her duty as a wife or mother. Once the closest is gone, she will start telling herself, this is not what I signed up for. Then comes the question, can I be happier with him or without him? After your wife gets to the point of I'm hurt deeply, I'm burying my feelings for him so I can protect my psyche. Then she starts to think, can I be happier with him or without him? If the answer is I can be happier without him, then the plans move forward faster. Okay? So if the answer is I can be happier, which I just said, Sally, she will start planning her exit strategy and her husband will not even suspect it. For this reason, the clues of this series are so valuable to you. If you just listen and let your ego go and try to embrace them. If you make the rookie mistake and think she is being emotional or I'll take care of this later, you'll find that the later never comes and your wife and family have exited stage left. Because I know from experience, which I just explained to you for the last 10 minutes, that no one teaches us how to build a great, loving, passionate, and exciting marriage over decades. So in my effort to help you, I'll present to you the clues that if noticed or better yet removed from your marriage will help you rekindle it and save you and your family much agony and pain. In today's episode, we cover clue number 16, that your wife wants a divorce. And we will hit that huh, right after this nice, sweet little breaky break. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. So, what do you think so far? What do you think? Okay, are we rocking a little bit or just a little bit? But we're gonna rock it even more. But first, you know, do you have a troubled wife? You know, what in your marriage do you need answers to? If you if you're listening, ask. 
ask. Call 313-723-4225 and I'll and, uh, get in the queue and I will answer your question. I will help you. You know, uh, you don't have to say your real name. Nobody ever does. So you can just say whatever you want and, and ask. Them. But the main thing is to get on here, ask your question and get extensive help. Um, that's the main thing. You know, so if you have a troubled wife, um, has your wife left? Does she talked about leaving? Has she is, is your wife unhappy? Does she seem depressed? You know, are you guys making love less than once a week or less than once a month? You know, is the emotional closeness gone? You know, you you need to understand how to start to fix these things. And that's what I'm here for. All right. I want to help you. I'm not trying to exploit you, but this is a good avenue to help so that you can tell your story and that you can help other people. There are going to be a lot of people that listen to this. And when they hear your story, they will get comfort from that. You can help the world by and help your environment and your society by sharing your story and asking a question that can help that can help others. Because believe it or not, if you have a question, they have one too. <laughs> they just, you know, everybody just handles things in, in, in different ways. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into, man, I'm making mistakes today. Uh, get into the number 16 reason that your wife may want a divorce. But first, fellas, let's go over the first 15. So listen to these as I've been talking about for the past 30 minutes. Listen to these and really embrace them and ask yourself, is this me? Look, this, this is me helping you look in the mirror. I'm not being very aggressive about it, but I want you to really embrace and listen and analyze yourself because this is the true, this is the mark of a great man. He looks at himself first, he fixes himself and then his wife and his children and God go, okay, boom. Now he's on the track. And then your wife will allow you to lead your home. She will collaborate with you more. She'll listen to you more. You guys are have a better marriage, and you'll start collaborating and loving each other better. But you as the man, because you are charged as the leader, you must fix yourself first. It's not a bad thing. It's really a good thing. Okay? So here are the first 15 clues that your wife may want a divorce or as I've been saying, what are the clues your wife does want a divorce? Number one, does she seem distant? Number two, is she spending more time with single friends? Number three, does she seem uninterested in the marital embrace? Number four, is she still as supportive as she used to be? Number five, is she still as loving as she used to be? Number six, does she go out to clubs and events without you? Number seven, does she take longer to answer your texts or phone messages? Number eight, has her conversation with you become very short and to the point? Number nine, has the bickering increased? Number 10, has the arguing increased? Number 11, has the starting, has she started putting the kids above you? Number 12, has she started putting her friends, siblings above you? Number 13, have you, um, have you stopped going to mass and entering the spiritual battle daily? Number 14, does she seem unusually depressed or unhappy? Number 15, do you make love less than once per week? And so what is the number 16 clue that your wife wants a divorce? Drum roll, please. Yeah. 
you engage in the marital embrace less than once per month, which is severe. <laughs> you make love and you, you and your beloved make love less than once per month. Please stay with me so that you can understand exactly what I mean by this and the devastating causes that this can have. So this means plain and simple that you are in a sexist marriage. When a married couple gets to this stage, both have become just too comfortable. They are not seeking God or moving towards God in their marriage. As God gave us the gift of procreation to help create souls and send those children back to him as saints. Look, I know a lot of men, I know a lot of men, and I know a lot of men where their wife is refusing to make love to them. Mainly women, when they refuse to do that, it's usually because of something that their husband did. Let's just be real. He might be on drugs. He might have been an alcoholic. He might have abused them. He might have neglected them. It's all kind of things. Um, all kind of things that, 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 that a woman starts to build up in her mind that that's the right thing to do. Women do that because they, that's, that's their ace in the hole. I'm not going to let him keep using and abusing me when I feel he doesn't love me or want to take care of me or he doesn't hold me in high esteem or he doesn't, he doesn't even listen to what I say. So that's why they do it. They do it because, like I said yesterday or last night, I can't remember now, <laughs> women know that they have a gift and they know that when they give it to you, it is a gift. And so as a man, you must understand how they think and understand where that thought is coming from. All right. So it's important when I say that, but even though your wife is doing that, it's still wrong. It's still a mortal sin. Why? Because when you and your wife, I don't care how old you are, when you and your wife don't engage in the marital embrace, what happens is you are going against the will of God, which is the reason for marriage, which is procreation is number one. We'll go into the other one, other reasons here in a minute. But procreation is number one. Why? Now let's talk about real quick why. God is gave us the godlike act of procreation. You have to understand the faith a little bit. And what it is is when God he goes, okay, all right, all this love and everything's going on with me, Christ and the Holy Spirit. This is pretty cool. I like it. I'm cool. I'm good at myself. You know, I'm me and me and the Holy Spirit and Christ, we happy right now. We the Trinity. We happy, we fulfilled. You know, we're we're in our we're in ourself. We're we're having a great time. But you know what? I think other creatures could benefit from this love and mercy and all this holiness and greatness that I have. I want to share it. And I want to share it with as many souls as I can. So that listen, we all just two peepees in a pod for the rest of eternity. That'd be great and fun. We'd be partying for eternity. That's big. A great party. I could create a great party. And that's how God was thinking. And so he goes, you know what? I'm going to create Adam and Eve. Now, look, Lucifer ain't going to like it. He's probably going to get mad. All the other angels are going to probably be mad, too. But you know what? It's about I love them. And if they know that I love them, then they'll hang around. So I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. You know, so I create Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were supposed to go out and create all these kids and have great, and we supposed, and everybody's supposed to go back to God. Adam and Eve are supposed to create all these kids. These kids are supposed to create all these other kids, and all these souls throughout time are supposed to 
love God enough to come back to want to be with him in the beatific vision. And then, like God said, we had this great party for eternity. But guess what? You have to pass the test, right? You have to pass the test. And the test is, can for 100 years I be obedient to God and his word? Because God knows me, he created me, and he loves me. And if I can't be obedient by showing him that I love him by being obedient now, how am I going to be in heaven? I'm going to ruin the party in heaven. I'm going to ruin the party. <laughs> I'm going to be up in heaven. I'm going to be trying to do my own thing. I'm going to mess up God's plan and everybody else and all the saints, because all of us in heaven are saints, and we're going to be looking at this. I'm going to go up there and ruin the party. And God's like, no, you're not going to ruin my party. So I'm going to put you somewhere where you can get your own party and you can hang out with all the other people that want to create their own party. That's hell. And this is how it works. This is why when you are not making love and you and your wife are not making love, you're messing with the party. The party is creation. The party is souls. As God wants as many souls to come back to him to spend eternity with him. And so when we take contraception, we perform uh, illicit acts in the bedroom, we, we uh, masturbate, we watch pornography, we, do, we, 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 uh, we go out and mess around with our wives, you know, we put on rubbers to block all the souls that he sends us, we are going against God's ultimate plan. And that's the deal, man. That's the deal. That is why God this is why all these things are mortal sins because they go against creation, which is the reason we are here. Okay. Next, there are many reasons for a sexist marriage, and I covered them extensively, extensively in my article, Sexist Marriage, the top 24 reasons for intimacy anguish in marriage. If you really want to go deep into what a sexist marriage is, and if you're making love less than once a month, which basically means less than 10 times a year, you should understand why you where you are and these reasons will help you get out of them. I'm not going to go into all of them because we don't have that kind of time. Again, just Google the article, Sexist Marriage, the Top 24 Reasons for Intimacy, Anguish, and Marriage, and it will be there. There are two articles on my site that always get tons and t- I've got thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands by now, of that people always come and watch, lit read. It's that article and my other article, my other page on sexist marriage. For some reason, those two articles get a lot of play. All right. Um, next. So um, the te- again, the technical criteria for a sexist marriage is the couple makes love less than 10 times per year. Like I said, like I said, there are many reasons for a sexist marriage, depression, infidelity, Actual, actual physical pain, lack of trust, premature ejaculation, masturbation, erectile dysfunction, self, selfishness, mental illness, pornography, those kind of things, just to name a few. But the big one that hits home that is the real reason for sexist marriage is a godless marriage. The couple has decided that God is not in my bedroom. God also, to compound it, he's not even in my home. He's not in my marriage, or if he is, he's just kind of hanging out. I don't take him seriously. I pray every now and then, but really, I do my own thing, okay? Many husbands don't realize that they must enter the spiritual battle daily to keep evil out of their marriage and home. It's hard enough with Christ and the sacraments when we're doing things right. 
without Christ and the sacraments, it is impossible to keep evil out of your home and out of your marriage. And that, in a nutshell, is what a sexist marriage is, gentlemen. Satan has walked right past the distracted husband and went upstairs and got in bed with his wife and children, which means that the wife has become demonically influenced. So let's talk about that real quick. So demons influence us three ways. Now, I'm not Father Ripperker, y'all. <laughs> I'm not Father Jambone. <laughs> I'm not my, my pastor, Father McCarthy. So I'm not going to get this exactly right. But demons influence you. First of all, you've got to understand there is a supernatural world. If you believe in heaven, then there you have to know there's a hell. You have to know there's purgatory. And you have to know there's limbo. Okay? That's a given. Okay? You're not a Christian, a true Christian, if you don't believe in hell. If you don't study the saints, if you don't study Satan, if you don't study the Blessed Mother and the doctors and you don't learn all of these things because all the saints lead you to heaven, but they give you that they give you uh, stories and in, 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 in the mystics especially give you scenes of hell. All right. So you have to pay attention. If you're a Christian, this these are dogmas. There's no fighting with that. OK. So. Demons, if there is demons, so the demons are real. So the demonic is real. All the demons are what? They're fallen angels. Because I talked about earlier, Satan got pissed off. Lucifer got pissed off when God created Adam and Eve because basically he was going to put Eve and Adam above them. He didn't want to serve. And that's the that's the that's the core, that is the core evil of the universe, is pride. So when the when you've got to understand that the demons, God, another thing too, Christ is in charge of all temptation. You've got to understand it as a man. If you have chaos in your marriage, which means you have evil inside your home, remember, evil is just not a serial killer like Jeffrey Dahmer. Evil is just not a rapist. Evil is just not a man that pushes the bomb and kills billions and billions of people. Evil is just not a Hitler. Evil is anything that goes against God's will. Anything in the Ten Commandments, which is the natural law. Okay? So evil is what? Masturbating. Evil is what? Divorcing my husband. Evil is what? Applying for an annulment when I don't have a real cause to get an annulment. Evil is what? Lying. Evil is what? Neglecting my wife. All of these things are evil. Now, of course, in God's eyes, there are different levels of evil. You know, just like the Ten Commandments, they're in order of, of severity from one to ten. They're just not scrambled around. Okay? So, you've got to, so let's get back to, to the to temptation. So, remember, Christ is in charge of all temptation. So, anything that evil happens in your life, God does not give you the evil. He allows the evil, which means what? He allows the demons in your life because you ain't what? You, to, to, to get you because you're not listening. Because throughout your life, even an atheist, God sends the Holy Spirit to tap you on your shoulder to say, hey, man, what you're doing is wrong. Hey, man, get your life together. Hey, man, go to church. Hey, man, go to the Catholic church. Hey, man, go to mass. Hey, man, take the Eucharist. Hey, man, stop neglecting your wife. Hey, man, spend time with your kids. Hey, man, all this stuff. And so as you keep neglecting 
the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guidance, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, then what will happen is God goes, okay, this fool ain't listening. So what I got to do is I have to ratchet up the pain on him. So what Jesus does is he allows the demons to come into your life. Now, you would think, why is Christ in charge of that? Because if Christ wasn't in charge of the temptation in your life, then all the demons who are basically angels would kill you. They would kill us all, right? Because they're bigger, they're stronger, they're smarter, they're faster. They, their intellect is completely out of this universe. They would just kill us because they hate us, right? Because of pride. So Christ has to limit what the demons can and cannot do in your life. That is the true mercy of God. That right there, if you hear what I'm saying, is the true mercy of God. These priests these days and these pastors and these popes and bishops today, what they do, they go, mercy, 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 mercy. Oh, God is so mercy, mercy, mercy. Okay, that's true, but that's only half of it. God is also a what? A just God. God cannot let you for this hundred years just act a fool your whole 100 years and then you die in a car, you die in a car wreck, and then you think you're going to heaven. That's not, that is not happening. (laughs) That is not happening. You do your own will your whole life and then somebody murders you or you go into coma and die and then you're going to heaven. No, no. No, we send ourselves to to hell. God does not send us to hell. Why? Because like I said, we would enjoy the party in heaven. (laughs) We want to enjoy the party in hell. We want that's the party we want. So this is why you guys got to understand how this stuff works, man. This is not an illusion. This is real. The devil just makes it seems like it's real. So God has to be a just God because it's not fair that now, if you live for 50, 60, or 70 years or 10 years or 20 years and you repent and say, look, God, I'm sorry, you know, you go to confession in front of the priest and you do your deal, you know, of course, now you forgive it. You're back in the party again. You back. You get an invitation to the party again, okay, which is a good thing. When we, When the priests do not preach on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, they do not bear fruit in their congregations. They don't. They don't. Even the saints talk about that. You have to, men have to understand hell so they can love heaven. People, men have to understand heaven so they can hate hell. And so this is how it works, okay? I'm not going to keep going over that because I could talk about that forever because I love that concept. God is a just God. Which means what? I can't just go and do what I want my whole life and then I'm going to heaven no matter what I do. That's the flaw of the ever-loving Protestants. That's their flaw. That's their flaw. I love Protestants. Matter of fact, I got Protestants now that come to me and they start going to the Catholic Church. I'm not taking that credit. That's the Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is people are drawn to the Catholic faith once they know the truth of the Catholic faith. And so the flaw of the Protestant religions, which is what is Protestants? They are protest, protest of the Catholic faith, which means what? Methodist, Baptist, Jehovah's Witness, you know, uh, Pentecostal, they are, they are in protest of the Catholic faith. Many of them don't even know that. 
Many of them don't even know what that know that concept either. But what you got to understand is that their flaw is they think I can just say, God, I'm sorry. And then everybody's going to heaven. And then next Sunday I can go to church. And then the Sunday, then the next day I can go out and keep sleeping with my girlfriend. I can keep sleeping with, I can keep going and, and masturbating and watching pornography and doing all these things that are, that are, that are, that, that God is, that displeases God. And then I'm still going to heaven. No, it doesn't work like that. Okay. So let's get back to the real deal. So the real deal is this. So if Christ is in, in if Christ is, if Christ is in, in control of all temptation, I've explained to you why, then what does that mean? That means that the demons are allowed to influence us three ways. So the first way that demons are allowed to influence us is what? Through possession. It's called demonic possession. So that is what? The exorcist movie, right? The demon takes control of the, the little girl's body and the little girl levitates and all that crap. So that is rare. That's very rare, especially the levitation thing. That is very rare. And this comes from Father Ripperker. If he's the exorcist, and then if you talk to um, their other exorcists too, uh, Father Lampert, he's the exorcist for the, the Diocese of Indianapolis. I know him. So they'll tell you, you know, that's rare. So the next way demons influence us is what? It's called demonic obsession, O-B, as in boy. So demonic ob obsession is when demons are allowed to physically assault us, like with Padre Pio. The demons are allowed were allowed to assault him physically. Um, why? God allowed that in his life for a reason. I don't know what it was, but he's a saint, so he's a saint now, so it must have worked. <laughs> so that's also rare. That's also rare that the demons are allowed to physically assault us. But the one and the big mama of them all, the one that happens to all of us every day, all day, if we are, if our mind is not on God in the Trinity, is demonic, um, um, demonic um, obsession, obsession, oppression. Ah, oh, have a brain fart. Demonic oppression, O-P, as in Papa. Okay, so demonic oppression is the demons are allowed to influence our thoughts. Now, the demons can't read our minds, but there's, we might tell you they're highly intelligent so they can look at our body language or they can hear our pulse, our heart, and things like that. And so they know how to influence us to do things that we, that are against God, that wouldn't normally happen. Remember, demons don't care. To them, anything but God is their thing. That's why when you fast, when you go to adoration, when you're in mass, when you're in deep prayer, demons leave you alone. They go find somebody else. Because look, this dude, he's fasting. He's trying to, he's definitely in Christ. He's trying to, I'll wait till he's weaker. I'll wait till he's not fasting, and then I'll get him. Or I'll wait till he's not praying. I'll wait, whatever. That's why guys in my program, they pray a lot. They pray a lot to keep the demonic out of their life, out of their home. Okay? And so that is the thing. The demons are allowed to pursue and, 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 and read our, and, and um, influence our thoughts and influence the, what to these what? That influences our finances, that influences our marriage, our relationships with our children, our health, all of that stuff. This is why you've got to understand none of this stuff is a coincidence. This world is not a coincidence. Everything that happens in your life is not a coincidence. It's real. Okay? 
if you start looking at the world like that, then your life will start to get a lot better. All right. So that's that. So how can a couple expect? So what I was going to say is the last thing on that is your wife is demon becomes demonically influenced when you do not do your job and mission as a man and protect your home from Satan, from evil. And the only way to do that is deep prayer. That's the only way to do that. If you don't, which means that means then you become distracted. When you as a man become distracted, your home becomes putty. Your wife becomes putty in the, in the Satan's hands. Your children become putty in Satan's hands. And so you've got to let that go. You've got to understand and start to, to you've got to understand and start to conquer that in your life. Okay. Now, how can a couple expect their marriage to last, be fruitful, fulfilling, and magnificent um, for, um, uh, uh, how can a couple expect their marriage to last, be fruitful, fulfilling, and magnificent if they are not making love on a regular basis? You can't. Sure, there are Josephite marriages where the couples decide together to be as the holy family was. So what's a Josephite marriage? I'm not going to go into that deep. Uh, but the, basically, a Josephite marriage is basically the couple doesn't have sex. They're trying to act like the Holy Family with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. The problem with Josephite marriages is everybody that does them shouldn't be doing them. Most people shouldn't be doing them. And you're supposed to get permission from your bishop or your priest to do it. But people go like today with everything else. They just do whatever they want. And then, of course, a man, what is a man? What are we as men going to do, right? <laughs> Your, your wife comes to you and goes, baby, we're going to do a Josephite marriage because I just love Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, and I think we should emulate our marriage like them. Now, most men, they're going to go, at first, in their mind, they're going to go, man, that sounds messed up. I'm not going to have sex. But you know what? She won't do it for long. Okay, I agree. We'll do it. And then the dude is completely unhappy. The dude is completely unhappy. He's miserable, which does what? It causes resentment. When a couple, another thing that people don't understand, sex is so intimate and it's so powerful in our lives that when our wife denies us that, it causes great and deep resentment from the man. On the other hand, I have clients the same, other clients the same way. They're the opposite. The man denies his wife sex because of ED, because of whatever, or he just does it, and the wife becomes very resentful. You know, not because of a need, because we're married, and we love each other, we belong to each other, and you're you're not giving me what I'm asking for, and it causes deep, deep resentment. So, this is why Josephite marriages, you gotta be, you gotta get permission for that, okay? But, next, but these are rare marriage, these are rare um, this is not really the purpose of 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 most couples is to be like the Holy Family as far as that. For most couples, especially Catholic couples, their purpose is to make love, be fruitful, and prosper, to actually show the world God's view of what a beautiful and holy marriage looks like. So society will be drawn to that blissfulness. Also, there is this crazy trend going around today that menopausal wives have decided to stop having sex with their husbands. Oh, my God. Have you heard about this crazy mess? It's happening a lot in the SSPX church. Okay. Matter of fact, you stay away from SSPX. I, we'll go on that later. 
But I have clients, and they say, look, man, stay away from it. But anyway, that's another. If anybody wants to know about that, call me or comment. So next, the meaning and purpose. Um, uh, uh, not having sex with your wife. Not, wives not having sex with their husbands after their intermenopause is pure evil. The, why? Because obviously these old biddies don't understand the meaning of marriage and its purpose. <laughs> That's the truth. These old biddies don't understand the meaning of parents. You, you don't stop having sex with your husband because you can't have kids anymore. That is the most evil thing I've heard. You know why? Because people don't understand Christ. They don't understand their faith and they start doing silly stuff that some person don't know what the heck they're talking about has talk, told them to do. You know, the thing is, women that are in menopause don't really want to have sex. It's like I talked about last night, but they will and they will desire sex if you open up the the their their the passion in them as a husband. Okay. Menopausal women, their hormones are gone. And so it's hard for them to think about sex. That's why you have to prepare your wife for your love every every day. You can't just take a woman to the bedroom and just go, hey, let's have sex. She's like, hey, man, I got to go cook. I got to take care of the kids. I got to go to my meeting. I got to go to the church. You know, you have to prepare your wife for your love. You cannot continuously over years and decades just think you can just bring it up in her. Most women... In their teens and 20s, you can kind of do like that. But even them, they don't like it. They don't like to be treated like a utensil. Okay? So that's why it's important that, you know, you st- if you are in middle- as a man, you have to learn to prepare your wife for sex. I know that sounds crazy, but it works, and it makes them feel loved and cared for. Okay? That you're not using them. And that's what most women think. They think that anybody wants to have sex with them, especially if they really don't want to have sex with them, that they're using them. Okay? And no woman, no one likes to be used. So, um, to actually show the, the reason for the, one of the things is, is for the couple to actually show the world's God's view of what a beautiful and holy marriage is. It's our job as couples married couples to be to make love be fruitful and prosper so society will be drawn to that blissfulness also there is this crazy we talk about this trend and it's evil about the women not wanting to make love to the husband so we're going to go into the meaning and purpose of marriage in this order as to what so what is the meaning and purpose of marriage let's talk about that real quick so why did god create marriage and god created marriage not the state Okay, God created marriage, not the state. Okay, um, you've got to understand that. So, what does that mean? The reason God created marriage is for number one, procreation, and I explained to you why. All right, because He wants all the souls with Him. He wants everybody to join the party. Okay, number two reason that God created marriage is for the formation and education of His children. So remember, kids are on loan from God. They're yours, but they're also God's. Why? Because he's the creator. So what does that mean, formation and education of children? It's one of the reasons why I'm mad. Um, I didn't know anything about God or the Catholic faith until I was in my 40s. I feel like I'm behind. I'm a convert. Oh, my God. I don't know. I feel like I didn't know anything. All to me, that's why I'm jealous of all you. I'm envious of all you, all you cradle Catholics, because y'all got it down. Y'all, y'all had it. Y'all had it. 
And I'm like, man, I got to catch up. <laughs> but the formation education of children means what? Not education on how to be a brain surgeon in the education of God and the faith in the, in the church. Okay. The third purpose of marriage, which is way, way down the bottom, is a distant, distant third above the first two, is the unity of spouses. So think about it. If the third, the, the reason God created marriage is for the unity of spouses, then if you as a woman are not making love to your husband or denying your, your husband sex, you are going against the will of God for the purpose and the reason why there even is marriage. That's why it's a mortal sin to deny your husband the int intimacy. It's, if he's reasonably asked for it. Now, just because you got a headache or you're tired is not a reason to deny your husband sex. Okay? It's severe. If you're sick, that's different. But most women have taken that to the to extreme. So that is why if you're even if you're in menopause, you can't be going around not having sex with your husband because why? That creates a distance between you two. Remember, the most the second most important thing in marriage is is making love. The first important thing and most important thing in marriage is prayer and God himself. The reason sex is so important because it creates a bond, emotional closeness. Now, I know today, women, I know in the past, for thousands of years, men are, we are notoriously bad lovers. I know that. <laughs> I know that. It's not the most fun thing, but this is why love is an act of the will. <laughs> love is not about emotion. But, Hey, if you got a husband and you want to learn how to be a world-class lover, send him to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and I'll help that brother out. <laughs> okay? So that's why women can't be going around not having sex with their husbands because they, if you're making love and you're intimate and you're loving each other and you're caring for each other, you and you go out of society, you are portraying an awesome, holy marriage. Because you are holding each other and touching each other and looking into each other's eyes. And people can tell when the couple's in love. They can. It's an instinct all of us have. And so as a, as a woman and a man, you must, your job is to, is to show a holy, loving, caring marriage of God so that other people will want to be married as well. Um, so. Our job as Christian couples is to present, that a, present what a great holy marriage is in public and to our kids, our friends, society, etc. So if, we, if we're not being loving, intimate, and holy in our marriage, how do we portray that, what a loving and great marriage is to a society full of evil and contempt for our Lord Jesus Christ? Really think about that. What are the ways that you become holy and you be, you be great in the eyes of God is that you do your normal day-to-day -day stuff with a holy purpose. And so if you're married, that is your, that's your vocation. That's your vocation. You decide to get married through the help of the Holy Spirit. Don't go out there having a, a messed up marriage and then people look at you and go, I don't want to be like them. You have a duty and responsibility to be the, in the best, create the best marriage you can. Not just for yourself, but for your children and their children and their children and your environment. Okay. Lastly, if a couple is in a sexist marriage, 
which again means they make love less than 10 times per year. The emotional connection is gone and they are in a boring, lackluster, mediocre marriage. And if this is your marriage, then what fire, desire, love, and craving, and passion do you show for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Think about that. If your marriage is messed up and you say you love God, do you really? If you if you treat Christ like you treat your wife, if your, your wife treats you Christ like she treats you, are, is there any fire, desire, or passion there? Please understand that. Try to understand that. That's why most people are lukewarm Catholics or lukewarm Christians. They 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 don't they don't try to have the knowledge of God. And without the knowledge of God and the Trinity, you cannot be on fire for him. This is why you must go out and educate yourself and try to be even the best marriage and create the best marriage as a man that you can. Okay. So. I'll tell you, if this is your marriage, which means this is your vocation in life, your fire for Christ is boring. Your fire for Christ is lackluster. Your fire for Christ is mediocre and lukewarm as well. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right, all right. We're going to our caller. We have a caller. So I'm going to go on real quick and and, uh, bring them on. And hopefully they got a great question. I I don't care if it's a great question or not. It'll be a good question. So let's hear, let's bring uh, the caller on and add to the show. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you talk again? I can hear you, but it's like there's something wrong with your uh with your connection. Can you do can you do me a favor and um call back, hang up and call back? Thank you. All right, so what do you think so far? I hope I've helped you guys today. Um um I hope I've helped you guys today. You've gotten something out. Uh, I want to try to educate you on the faith as much as what I know. I don't know everything, but what I do know, I try my best to show it to you. Um, The other thing is um, we've got to understand that God really loves us. He really does care. He is merciful. The mercy of God is he allows us to continue to live even though we make mistakes. Uh, So that being said, um, we are going to go, I'm going to wait, try to wait, see if this caller calls back. Um, but other than that, we're going to go into a quick, quick break real quick, and we will be back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. 
Yes. Within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. And so, uh, we are getting close to the end of the show for this evening, unless uh, this, I'm sorry, <laughs> this afternoon, uh, unless my caller calls back. I like to at least try to take at least one call a day. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with my system, but what we will do is we will go ahead and rec- re, um, we will go ahead and um, go over the Catholic Alpha Challenge again, because I want to talk about that again real quick before we end the show for today. Uh, so basically what we're doing, we're going to fast starting Monday because of Lent. And I hope you men out there will try your best to, to, to get with me. Uh, it's going to be a 10 day fast um, and we're going to love Christ and uh, offer that suffering up for Christ. So that starts Monday. So um, I hope that you all join me. It's going to be tough, but we're going to do it together. All right. And we're going to offer that suffering up for Christ and we're going to do some real Lent work. Um, if you can't do the whole 10 days, do the best you can, you know, do the best you can. The first day or two is tough, but after that, it's, it's, it gets a lot easier. Um, do it with the master cleanse. The master cleanse, just look that up on the Internet um, and uh, follow that and that'll help you, too. So our caller has called back. Hopefully. Our system is acting right. If not, oh, well, we, you know, you can't be out mad. It's God's will, right? <laughs> uh, so here we go. Hello, are you there? Hi, my name is Judy, and I, I don't have a question per se. Oh. I just wanted to, I'm just letting you know I enjoy the show. I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on, and you're doing great work. Oh, thank you. That sounds good. Well, I at least I'm glad I helped you today. And um, I hope that you continue to listen. I know it's not easy five days a week, but hey, if I if I'm if I'm helping, then that's that's what I'd like to do. So uh, your marriage is OK right now. My, my marriage is awesome. I work at the Red Lobster. I'm tired. I don't feel like getting out of the bed right now, but um <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well thank you have a good weekend and uh hopefully i'll we'll talk next week okay thank you sir all right bye-bye bye-bye all right all right all right so we are going into our conclusion so in conclusion today we are going to end the show today uh, and I hope that you guys had a good time and you kind of, and we helped each other because remember you helped me as much as I help you. Um, and the, um, 
the Catholic faith is extensive. Marriage is extensive. It takes a lot of work. But I promise, man, if you do the tips that I'm doing or if you can't do everything, you feel it's overwhelming, you ask for help, you know, go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com um, and I'll try my best to help you. But the main thing is, man, is that you do something. Don't sit on your laurels anymore. Don't sit back and procrastinate. Remember, the most important thing in your life is God, your wife, and marriage. That is where it's at. Trust me, right now, you're sitting there and going, well, things seem to be okay. We're going along to get along. Everything's fine. It's not that bad. I'm telling you, you really don't know how bad things can be until your when your wife comes and says, I'm done. Then your whole world turns upside down. Right now, it's just a maybe. But my job is to try my best to keep you from going to being a maybe. My job is to keep you from not ever having to go there. And if you can do that and create a great marriage, then that's where you want to be. Your children would be so happy because everybody goes, well, the kids, the kids are going to be all right if we get a divorce. That's so selfish. And it's evil. It's evil. The kids are not going to be all right. My parents divorced. We got divorced when I was like 17, 18 years old or 20. I can't remember. It's been so long. And me and my sister are never right. We never were right. You know, holidays come, don't nobody want to come. We got to, you know, go to, you know, three or four different houses and stuff. And everybody tries to put on this darn, put on this darn um, fake that everything's okay. And it's not okay. The grandkids are confused. They're, the husband, the husband, the wives, uh, the in-laws of the, you know, the in-laws, you know, the, the daughter-in-law and the son-in-law, they're all confused. They don't know what to do. The kids are this and that. Nobody's on the same page. The grandparents are there to support support the, the the married couple you can't do that if everybody's divorced you know and then you're not creating an example for your children listen i know emotions get in the way i really do emotions get in the way women can't take it men can't take it and we just think the best way to do is get away from the pain but guess what let me help you learn how to create that marriage that you want don't give up yet you know Get yourself right. Fix yourself right first. And then what will happen, then what will happen, you won't have to worry about divorcing nobody. Even if you are divorced, I can show you how to get your wife, you know, get back and, and get be friends with your wife again so that you start to build that emotional connection. Because remember, look, a lot of divorced people have got remarried when the couple stopped listening to all these crazy people, you know, about you should be divorced and all that stuff. You know, if your wife is left, it's the same thing or she wants to leave. You can get out of this, but you've got to do it in the right order, in the right way. So that being said, and in conclusion, as we always do, we take a uh, quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Uh, let me see if I got any more cards before I click off. OK, good. We're good. So we take the quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast. Pray. And prepare for battle. 
Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.